All right, uh, tonight we're going to uh, skip forward a little bit uh, to the book of Joshua. And uh, so we'll turn to, if you will, turn to Joshua chapter 1. Page 191. I think we have the same number. We did. Page 1. Very first chapter of Joshua. First book after the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua. Okay, we're going to read the first nine verses and uh, see if I can get a volunteer to read the first nine verses for us. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, going toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, as we've been uh, looking at this finding Christ in the uh, Old Testament, we know, we, we saw, certainly in the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1. In creation, and we look in the New Testament, we see that uh, Christ was the one who uh, created it all. In the beginning was the Word, and worked with God. And, and, and he goes on in John 1, talking about all that was created, Christ created. We see it in Colossians as well. We see in the book of Hebrews that Christ is the one that created everything that is there. So we see uh, Christ certainly uh, in creation. Um, and then we, we certainly see Christ in Genesis chapter 3 where um, uh, we see the fall of man and as a result of the fall God brings curses upon uh, mankind but he brings a curse upon Satan. And it is in this curse to Satan that we see the very first uh, prediction, the very first prophecy of the coming Christ where uh, Satan is told uh, um, that because of, of what he has done, that God is going to put enmity between him and the woman and between her seed and his seed, and that he would strike uh, the woman's seed to heal, but that the, the seed of the woman would crush his head, right? 
And we see in the, uh, certainly in the New Testament, the fulfillment of that in Christ on the cross. When, uh, certainly it seems that uh, Satan is, is striking his heel, but he's crushing the, the head of the serpent. And we certainly see at the end of Genesis 3, uh, a very... Uh, 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 an understanding, or not understanding, but we see uh, a symbolic gesture of, of what it's going to be like when God takes the uh, animal's skin and clothes uh, uh, Adam and Eve in the, in the skins of the animals, showing that there has to be a, a covering uh, for their sins, and that would come through the death of a sacrifice, and certainly pointing forward to Christ. We, uh, we could have, we didn't look at uh, Noah. You can see in Noah um, very much uh, pointing forward to, to Christ, how God's provision, and they all get into the ark, and it's only those who are in the ark are saved. And um, we, uh, we, see, uh, we saw a little later about Abraham, and especially um, uh, with the miraculous birth of Isaac, his son, and then uh, Abraham's told to take him to the mountain that God was going to show him and sacrifice him there. And, and God tells Isaac, he said, the Lord will provide. And certainly the Lord did provide uh, with the ram caught in the, in the brush. But Abraham knew he was looking forward to the day when the true provision for sins would come in Christ. Um, we didn't look at the life of Jacob. We could very easily have looked at the life of Jacob. You remember when uh, after he steals the, uh, the birthright and deceives his father and his brother says he's going to kill him. Um, his mom sends him to her uncle's house and on the way he, uh, he lays down at this place called Luz, L-U-Z. And... Um, uh, he, he goes to sleep, he takes a rock as his pillow and he puts it down there and he has a dream that night and he sees this uh, a stairway going up to heaven and angels are ascending and descending and, and God is at the top and God assures him that he will be his God and the, the, uh, uh, the promise made to Abraham of uh, a great inheritance and uh, this land and all these people, and that all the people be blessed through him. Uh, this comes down to Jacob then uh, as well. And he's reminded that, you know, I'm the God of, of your father Abraham and Isaac, and I'll be your God too. And just as promise was given to you, uh, given to them, I, I reaffirm it to you. And then we see in the New Testament that this, uh, this stairway. You remember uh, Jesus uh, talking with Nathaniel there in John chapter 1 where uh, Jesus alludes to this and he says, you're going to see, uh, you know, heaven open and uh, um, the way to God will be made. And Jesus himself is the, is the stairway uh, into heaven. Uh, so we, we see that. We could have looked at that. We didn't. We could have looked at the life of Joseph, certainly one who was rejected by all of his brothers. And as a result of this rejection, it brings about the salvation of many, right? Where he's, he's the one to escape and get into um, uh, get to Egypt where they will be free from the famine. And sure enough, all of his, his family comes and he's able to save them. We see there at the end of Genesis that he uh, is the salvation of many. 
We could have looked at uh, Moses and a lot of the life of Moses pointing us uh, forward to Christ. As Moses is the uh, mediator of the Old Covenant and Christ is the mediator of the New Covenant. And uh, so many so many things. Moses is the one who brings the word of, uh, word of God to the people. And Moses is the one who mediates between the people and God. And all these similarities between uh, what Moses is, but pointing us to the better, uh, the, the one who would be a better mediator of a better covenant in Christ to come. And so tonight, we're, uh, we're going to look at uh, just a little bit here about Joshua and how uh, this points us in, in him, he points us to Christ. Imagine, if you will, um, that uh, you get a call tonight when you go home. And it's someone from uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, they have become just completely fed up with both parties, saying it's impossible for them to get along, so we want somebody not from either party. And we're calling you because you're going to be our next president. How, how would you feel? <laughs> well, you, you made a good choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't. Well, here's Joshua. You, you know, uh, Moses has been the uh, the only leader that uh, the people of Israel have ever had. Uh, he's the one that led them out of uh, out of Egypt, and for forty years they've been following him. And he's been the one that uh, you know they they. Uh, when they heard God and they saw the mountain smoking and the lightning and the thunder and all, they, they came to him and said, don't ever let him talk to us again. That's too scary of a thing. Moses, you talk to him and then bring it back to us. You know what he says. Moses has been their leader all of this time. They complained about not having anything to eat. And he goes to the Lord and all of a sudden they have manna. And they get tired of the manna, and so we, they bring some quail and uh, the water from the rock and all of these things. Moses is the only leader they have ever known, and he's brought them right to the edge of the, uh, of the promised land. And he dies. And then God comes to, God comes to Joshua. He says, now, Moses, my servant, is dead. You're the one. <laughs> Talk about headaches. Um, these people are worse than the Americans, I think. And uh, they're bickering and squabbling and everything. But he tells Joshua, says, you're the one who's going to lead them into the promised land. And so we're going to see uh, some of, uh, in Joshua, we're going to see how it really points us forward to Jesus. Joshua's Hebrew name is Yeshua. And it literally means the Lord saves. Right? And in uh, the New Testament, that name would be what? Jesus. Yeah, name is Jesus. The Lord saves. And so, you know, the, the Lord comes to um, Joseph and says, uh, you know, she's going she's gonna to have a son. She's pregnant, and, and I know that, but I want you to know she's still a virgin. Fulfillment of prophecy in Isaiah. And she's going to have a son, and you're going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The Lord saves, right? And so that's what his, his name means. Joshua has been with them through the wilderness, and now he's the one who has been chose to uh, deliver them into the land, into this land that was promised to them. Um, you're to complete this mission, this promise that was given to Abraham way back. Remember, 
uh, all of this land I'm going to give you. Now it's interesting that when you look at the different promises of the land, sometimes it gives you some of the geographic features of it. And you notice if you take those geographic features of the land that is promised to Abraham and then again to Isaac and Jacob and, and so on and, you know, Moses and, and where they're receiving these promises, the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. And then you go back to Genesis chapter 2 and you begin to read the description of Eden and you're going to see that there's some remarkable similarities now, what was supposed to happen in Eden? Do you remember? What was man? God created man and put him in the garden. He created him in his image. And what was, what was man's responsibility? Take care of the garden. Take care of the garden. Anything else? Subdue it. Rule and subdue just the garden? The earth. The earth. And what else was he supposed to do in subduing the earth? Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So here you've got, it's starting in this one little area, the uh, geographic area that we call the, the, the Garden of Eden and Paradise. And there's some remarkable in the descriptions of that and in the descriptions of the promised land seem very similar. Hmm. And so it's like almost as if here God is going back and starting over here. Man's responsibility in the garden is to, as God's image, to take that image into all the world and make this earth a perfect place for God's dwelling. Right? God's, God's image is in all the earth. We're ruling and subduing it so God can come and dwell here. Now, <clears throat> man fails. Here's a restart. God's bringing the people back to this land. And he says, um, I will bless those who bless you, and I will make you a blessing to all nations, right? What is supposed to happen as the people come back to this land? There's a restart. They're supposed to be a blessing to all the earth. God is restarting with the nation of Israel, if you will, to be the ones who would take this, not just keep it in that one little strip of land over there in the Middle East, but just as in the creation there to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, this is what Israel is supposed to do now. This is their mission. They're to take the, the, the God who has given them this covenant promises and they're not to just keep it to themselves, but they are to be spreading it throughout all the earth. Okay? And so here now Joshua is the one to begin to take them back into this place. And so first of all, the Lord comes to him. Moses, my servant, is dead. You're the one now. And um, then verse 2. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates. By the way, you look back in Genesis chapter 2, one of the rivers is mentioned, the Euphrates, right? And so um, all the Hittite country know uh, to the great sea on the west, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, go in, take 
the land that I have promised to you. It's yours to take. What a deal, right? It, it's, it, that should be no worries, right? God's told me to do this, and he's told me he's going to give it to me. I, what else? I mean, the, the only thing that uh, I have to do is go in and do it. That seems like a, a great deal, this commission that God has given him. Go into the land and take possession of it. It's yours. I'm giving it to you. There are others who are occupying it right now, but don't worry about them. I'm going to give it to you. And so, uh, so they, they go in, and as, uh, as a reminder here, at the end of him telling them to go in and take possession of this land, what does he tell them in the, at the end? Is he's telling them to go take possession of the land that I promised to you. And then the last part of verse 5, what does he, what does he say to them? I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right? And then in verse 9, um, again, he's telling you to be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For why? I will be with you. I will be with you. This is an important thing here. This commission to uh, go and take possession of the land that I have given you. It is a restart again. Because they're supposed to take this little strip of land God's given them. But that's not going to be the final thing. They're to go out from there with that. And to fill the whole world and be blessed to all the nations. <clears throat> Think back to Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Who knows what that is? Great commission. The great commission. Right. And so what are they supposed... Where, where is this great commission given, by the way? Where are they? When Jesus gives this great commission. On the mountain? No. Well, uh, what? Think larger. <laughs> huh? They're in the promised land, right? Yeah. So, and in fact, they're, they're like in Jerusalem, we're going to see in uh, uh, Acts chapter 1. Right? Now, in the Great Commission, as we see from Matthew 28, what is the Great Commission? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Making disciples, right? And then he ends it with what? I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Here's the commission. You go take possession of what I'm giving to you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to be with you. Here when they're coming into this land to take possession of it, which God has given them, He's commissioned, you go in and take possession of it because I'm giving it to you. Don't worry. Be strong and courageous. Why? I'm with you. Now Jesus comes and he expands this thing in the, basically the same place, right? Here in Jerusalem. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what does Jesus tell him? Here's another uh, expression of the Great Commission. You shall receive power. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Where? 
Jerusalem. Jerusalem start right here. All Judea and Samaria. That's just this land, this promised land that was promised to Abraham. But then he expands it, right? To the ends of the earth. Creation mandate, be fruitful. Multiply, fill the earth from a geographic location that sounds like it's the promised land. Comes back into the promised land right here and he says, you, you, you be faithful and you go take possession of what I'm giving you. And the encouragement that he gives him here twice is, don't worry, I'm with you to do it. And so, so Joshua is able to uh, have a great deal of confidence in doing this because God says, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that this, this certainly was not to be the end all, that one little strip of land over there. That's the jumping off point. That's the starting point. We go from there into all the world, fulfilling the creation mandate, which is also the great commission in a sense, where we're taking the gospel into all the world. And as we're doing that, we're taking Jesus into all the world. We're his witnesses to see his kingdom spread throughout all of the earth. We've seen it happen, but that's, that's where it started. And that's where it's starting again here in Joshua. And so it's, it's just, I think that there are just some amazing things here in regards to this commission. And the fact that at the end of the commission, God encourages him with saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. Why would Jesus need to tell his disciples that? Encourage them. Encourage them. The same here, be strong and courageous. This is the foundation that the whole rest of the Bible stands upon. Yeah, yeah I think so. Is that, uh, this, this, is, this is my plan, God's plan, and it's in, in creating man to go into all the world and that his, his kingdom would expand and spread throughout all the world. Remember what we said about um, the image and wherever that image is, it shows who is really ru ruling. And we as his image spreading throughout all of the earth and now recreated in Christ Jesus so that that image is not tarnished. And as we go preaching the gospel and spreading it, his kingdom is spreading throughout uh, all of the world. And so just a, kind of an interesting uh, little insight, I believe, from Joshua to see it pointing forward to Christ and the coming of Christ and how uh, even the commission there is a retelling of the, the commission from uh, Genesis chapter 1. And it will be retold once again when Christ comes and both the... Uh, uh, Matthew 28, 19, 20, and Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Okay. Well, it's kind of a quickie for tonight, but uh, just wanted just to kind of see that uh, in Joshua as well.